I'm not on yet. I'm, I can see it here. Here I am live. All right. Thank you. Welcome. And happy, healthy new year to the residents of Bethune. Uh, welcome to the first Mayor's Minutes of 2023. I can't even believe I'm saying that. And I want to start the show the proper frame. I want to say uh, thank you, uh, or congrats, I should say, to our newly uh, sworn in, not elected, our newly sworn in state reps, to uh, Ryan Hamilton, to Estella Reyes, to Francisco Polino. Uh, congratulations to you. Uh, I saw you get sworn in earlier today, and I know you're going to do great things for the city of Methuen, and we really look forward to your help uh, in helping our city, and I look forward to working with all of you. Uh, so congrats to the three of you, and congrats as well to Pavel Payano, who I believe was also sworn in today. Um, and again, we look forward to working with Pavel. Uh, I've already had several meetings. As if you follow social media, you probably know with our state delegation, our newly elected state delegation. And uh, kudos to uh, Diana DiZoglio, uh, Linda Dean Campbell for all that she did for the city of Methuen, and as well to Christina Minacucci, uh, who was great help in many ways as well. Um, I want to start today's program. Uh, we've got a couple things, and we're going to talk a little bit about public health, uh, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the mayor's favorite subject, trash. Um, so that'll, get, that'll be enough to get people up and involved here for the new year. But I wanted to uh, start by <clears throat> repeating something I said last night at City Council, and I know not everybody watches City Council, so I thought it'd bear repeating here. Um, a local, and I use quotation figures for this, media source, who publishes what he considers to be a newspaper, which is really nothing more than a rumor rag, um, you know, opined greatly about uh, the excessive spending of the city of Methuen and the council in relationship to the Methuen Police Department. And uh, I, I just want to assure the residents of Methuen, you know, I, I saw this editorial in the Sunday Eagle Tribune, and hopefully you saw it too, that said, hey, as we go into 2023, um, Let's focus on fact, not opinion or emotion. And I really thought it was a good editorial in the Tribune. And you might say, why is the mayor talking about that? Because that was talking about, from a national perspective, what's going on. And I would tell you that that uh, phrase also applies locally as well. So when you think about uh, fact, not uh, emotion, that uh, local pundit who considers himself a newspaper publisher, and it's not a newspaper, uh, because it doesn't report any fact, that's the problem with it. Um, he recently went off on a tangent talking about um, the massive overspending under the new chief in the city of Methuen compared to the spending on the previous chief. And so for the Methuen residents, I think it's important that you understand the facts associated with it. So I did, and, and these are right from online, so feel free. And uh, Mr. Pundit, if you want to do a FOIA request, please feel free, because they're right from the city budgetary. Um, so from the Methuen Police Department, in FY20, the first year the mayor was in the office, um, there was a chief and five captains that were reduced to three captains. Um, so there was a chief and three captains. That was a $12.7 million budget. That's FY20. So those of you that are mayor haters or you follow the pundit, please go out and look at FY20. Our budget in the city of Methuen for the Methuen Police Department was $12.7 million. That included the chief and ultimately three captains, even though the chief at the time had recommended keeping five captains. Um, in FY23, our budget for 
the Methuen Police Department, including the deputy chief's position, which the pundit went off on, is 12.573. So I want to pause so that those people like the pundit who can't do math that quickly can kind of follow what I'm saying. So it was 12.7 million in uh, FY20. It's 12.57 million in FY23, including the deputy uh, chief's salary. So in FY23, we have a chief, a deputy chief, and two captains. And so uh, I'd also go on to say, you need to also understand that in FY23, we've added eight patrol officers and three more sergeants. And that's what the audit kind of indicated we should do. So despite the fact that we've added personnel uh, to our police department, our budget is less um, by over $200,000, and that doesn't even take into account inflationary things that, of course, you know well about, right? Uh, cost of bread today, and I know I say this on the show all the time, the mayor gets transfixed when he goes to the grocery store, he buys a loaf of bread, he stands in front of the $4.49 bread for about 15 minutes, and people say, this guy's glazing over, he's looking at the bread too long. Um, and, and I won't even go into lettuce. You guys know what the cost of a head of lettuce is. So in an inflationary period where costs are going up, the police department budget has gone down. So when people publish opinion, it's important to separate opinion from fact. So kudos to the Tribune for an editorial that I fully agree with. Focus on the fact, not on the emotion of the opinion. We're not top-heavy in the Methuen Police Department, no matter what. And, and you know, I, I just end this by saying... That pundit, he's never going to bite the hand that feeds him. And that's the reality of the situation. Right? So he's not going to publish the truth. He's going to publish his way of looking at the truth, which is not fact, it's opinion. If you want to verify the mayor's facts, go out to the city of Methuen website, look at the FY20 Methuen police budget, $12.7 million. Go out to the FY23 budget, approved by city council, $12.573. That included the deputy chief's salary. Um, it's... Kind of unfortunate that we have to do that, but, you know, when people publish this kind of stuff, you got to talk about it. Another one of that pundit's favorite topics um, is going to be on the show today. My guest is uh, Patrick McCarty, um, and welcome, Patrick. Thank you. I'm, I'm really happy I'm here today. I'm well, we're really, happy to have you. I'm really excited. And, and, and I want to go on record as saying um, we're going to talk a bit about your role as an epidemiologist, um, um, but I, I want to focus on a couple things uh, first. So talk a little bit about epidemiology. And you don't have your medical degree, do you? I do not, no. You don't. I, I do not have a medical degree. Yeah, and and <clears throat> epidemiologists don't, right? So a fact they that I not. saw posted out there is epidemiologists are doctors. That is a false statement. That is correct, yeah. Uh, they're, they're more accurately, and I'm going to use the wrong data scientists. Is that a fair? That's a, f- a fair assessment. Yeah. Uh, and a data analysts, yeah. scientists, yeah. yeah. But not a, not a medical doctor. Right. No. So right now you're working in the city of Methuen on a grant? Correct, yep. Um, meaning uh, to the taxpayers, you're not funding it out of your tax dollars. This is something that we got through one of our state grants. Um, and I want to go on record as saying publicly you're doing a great job. And Thank we're thrilled you. to have you on the team. Thank you. So talk a little bit about your role, if you will. Do a little warm-up. Yeah, of course. So uh, I guess I can start out with what epidemiology is. Yeah. Um, I know we touched base on it. It is a field within public health. Um, specifically, an epidemiologist is someone who analyzes a given problem. It can be a multitude of problems within a given community. So yeah. since I work for Methuen, 
it's all Methuen-based problems. Yeah. Um, and they're all public health related, whether it's things that are, I can give a few examples, yeah. things that are related to COVID, flu, you know, winter colds is right. one great example. Right. Uh, quality of drinking water is something we could look at. Yeah. And the, how that affects someone's health or a community's health. Yeah. Specifically, um, what factors are in the way of someone not being able to get exercise on a daily basis? Are there... Don't look at the man when you say that. <laughs> Sorry, I'll look at the camera. <laughs> yeah. are, there, are there sidewalks available for people to walk on? Yeah. Do they feel comfortable walking instead of driving? So things like that um, an epidemiologist may look at to see how the community's health is. Yeah. Now, with that, we analyze each topic area, and we can look at, you know, what, ex- what, what are the numbers? And just like a scientist or just like a mathematician, it comes down to raw data and how the... How the number, how things are collected, how the information is collected, and what can we do about that? Yeah. So I would say it's real problem solving at its yeah. at its core, yeah. and that is in a nutshell is, is a lot of different things epidemiologists can do. But in a community, that is you know a little bit of what I am doing and what I look to be doing yeah. within the city. Yeah, and that's interesting to me because uh, Methuen is definitely a depart- uh, excuse me a city that was racked by COVID. Yes. Um, and actually, you know, you know the, the one positive we were able to use that, to, uh, I was able to use that argument to get additional ARPA fundage. Um, but, um, you know, a lot of the people watching, um, and I don't know the right way to say this, want, wish, hope that COVID's over, but it's not, right? No, so I think not. that's one of the things that we need to talk about here today, right? And I know we're going to get into some slides that I don't want to leak into your data, but <laughs> COVID's not over. No, it's, it's, it's not going away. It's here to right. stay. And I, I think that's something a, a lot of, even myself, a lot of people need to understand. There's an ebb and flow to it, just like the flu, just like a lot of colds, where we get comfortable in the spring and summertime because numbers go down. We, yes. we lower our guard. And then as soon as, and you'll see it with some of the information I present today, you see as soon as the winter months start coming, it's, it's a repeating process year after year. Yeah. And the, the numbers themselves may vary. You know, last year we had a pretty hard hit in season for COVID. This year, things are trending, cases are rising so far, and you will see that. But, you know, it may not be as bad as last year, but it's... Yeah, not as serious a case? Yes, not as serious. Yeah. I am hearing some people, and I don't know, I don't want to put you on the spot, say that the, the impact of the flu has been more dramatic than this most recent round of COVID. And I don't know if there's any data to support that. That's, in terms that's of, opinion. In terms of the severity of it, flu? Yeah, the impact on people. I'm hearing people get laid up for three to five days, definitely, you know, flu, where they mm. really are off their feet. Yeah, and it, it depends on the person. Some yeah. people, and especially if you're vaccinated, that's another conversation we can have as well. Yep. For both the flu and COVID, a vaccine plays a huge role in protecting your health. Yes. And some people may not be vaccinated for COVID, but vaccinated for the flu or vice versa. Yeah. They can have a worse experience with one or the other. It also depends which variant of COVID is floating around. Yeah. We've gone through multiple variants over the years. Yeah or over the few years, because it's yeah. already been a few years. Um, and so I would disagree with that opinion that yeah. it's a black yeah. and white matter. That's why I said it's yeah. opinion, not fact. Exactly. Right? So yeah. I want to stay with the theme of the show. I want to go to the org chart, I think, that we sent to MCS. <clears throat> yeah. So I wanted to kind of show this. And so, so over here on the left-hand side, um, under the Health and Human Services Division, and we were just talking, uh, we just met, uh, the mayor and his staff met on, uh, because since Felix Zemmel left us, that Director of Health and Human Services has been vacant, and we're going to uh, repost that position. That's one of the findings of today's session. But on this left-hand side, I think one of the things I want to point out, there's you, Patrick, under the Health and Human Services, Patrick McCarty, the epidemiologist, and then you got Kelly Townsend, uh, uh, 
and Yasmin Nunez and Lori Jocelyn, all four of those individuals are paid for under a grant. And there's some people on the right side under the health and code enforcement that are also paid for on the grant. But I want to focus the audience's attention on the left-hand side, which is the Health and Human Services Division, including Patrick. All of those people are being funded by grants, um, multi-year grants. And quite honestly, in my discussions with uh, folks at the state level, grants that Methuen has a great opportunity to re-up. Um, and I think that's an opportunity, let me say that, you know, an opportunity where, you know, maybe we wouldn't have been as aware of it in the past. We've been able to use it to staff positions that are tremendously helpful to the city. And we're going to talk about your role in specific today, Patrick. But, uh, you know, I want to give a huge shout out to Kelly Townsend and Jasmine Nunez, um, who, uh, for the folks watching, have done such a great job working with our senior center, working with our homeless population, which is increasing every day. Um, and, and, you know, yourself and uh, Jasmine and Kelly were all over at the Senior Center when we were in that National Grid session yep. on um, <clears throat> how do we help our seniors. And if, I, if you forget everything else we're going to tell you on the show, remember that we're going to do two more sessions in January like that. One at the Methuen Arlington neighborhood, excuse me, early February. I correct my date. One at the Methuen Arlington neighborhood and one again at the Senior Center because I've seen, I've had a lot of social media posts forwarded to me about the shock related to now the national grid bills have come in, the increases are in the distribution. So even if you heat by electric, and hopefully you don't, uh, but even if you do, if you turn that dial down to 55, you aren't avoiding the cost impact because they stuck it in the distribution. So um, the national grid 64% rate hike is tremendously impacting our community. And uh, we're going to have a segment next week. Um, some folks tagged me online earlier today. We're going to have a segment next week, and I want this spread around, where we're going to talk about, uh, we'll have Joe Cosgrove back on for a little bit of time and talk a little bit about some of the options available um, while we're waiting for DPU. Because what the city needs to understand is Joe Cosgrove, under the mayor's direction, recommended to city council that we go into an aggregation, municipal aggregation plan electricity in late summer. Uh, the council tabled it till November. By then, National Grid had already um, announced their rate hike. So once council approved the aggregation process in November, now we're waiting for the state DPU to approve it. And that's probably not going to happen before the end of the winter. That's the unfortunate part. But there are alternatives that are available to you. And we will have Joe Cosgrove uh, on the show th next week or the week after and talk about what other options are available to you. But if you're a senior in the city, remember, we're going to be announcing dates uh, in early February for the Methuen Arlington neighborhood and for the Senior Center, where we can talk to the seniors in our city and about what options are available to you. Because quite honestly, there's outrage over the, out in the city over the increase from the national grid, and I support you on that. Um, I think I've talked quite candidly about you know, the increase that I've seen in my bill, and it's unacceptable to be honest with you. So we'll talk more about that. All right, back to you, my man, Patrick. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the slides. You, got rid you, you brought one. Uh, you talked a little bit about COVID-19 cases on the rise. So if we could put, yeah. So here's the weekly, and I haven't shown this in a lot. This is like, oh, I got to be honest with you, Patrick. <laughs> the, the initiation of this show and my Methuen Community Studios friends will be when COVID first struck. Mm -hmm. 
So I first started doing the show, and I started doing daily shows at one point. I remember that. Where yeah. they were completely focused on the COVID case counts and what we were doing and where you could get tests and mm-hmm. where you could get vaccines. And, that was, and then over the course of a year, uh, things got better as we got towards the spring and summer. So then they weaned down mm-hmm. and it geared back up. Um, so here we are. I think it's a full three years mm-hmm. later because COVID came in right after I got elected. right? And yep. I've been in office three years. So here we are in the fourth quarter. We get the fourth quarter results here, and you got a little graph up there. So talk to me a little bit about the chart. Yeah, of course. So um, with the chart, there are weekly positive COVID cases, um, and obviously Methuen, and it's from the start of September through the end of December. And as you can see, there's been some ups and downs. Yeah. Um, we had some, high, some numbers in the 60s and 70s starting in this first month. Um, there was a bit of a dip before we started hitting the holiday season. Yeah. But as you can see, the largest spike so far is right after Thanksgiving, the yep. start of December. As people get together, right? Exactly. Yeah. We go straight up, um, almost doubled our cases, and now things are staying at a high point. I know we had a little dip as the last data point you see. Yeah. But as and you can see, there's a trend line that cuts across the middle that yeah. just shows the the direction we're going in yeah. terms of cases. And you would expect, <clears throat> I would assume, Patrick. Um, after the Christmas holiday, New Year's holiday, the number will be up again. Exactly. And I do, I do collect this information um, from the state, and I am able to see it. So every week, this is where I got this information. Yeah. Every week, and even going forward, I'll continue to do this. Um, I wait. I go from Saturday to Friday yeah. is the, the timeline. And I'll collect. So I, 86 was the most recent. That was the last week of December. Yeah. And then now after this week, I'll yeah. continue to add to this. We'll really get a better picture of what direction we're and going. And important to point out, you've got two points on here as I read the chart, that um, th- these are reported positives, right? Correct. So with the advent of home <clears throat> test kits, yep. many positives aren't reported anymore. Exactly. Right? And, yeah. and one thing I would say is, even though we're not seeing, I would say there's, I can't give an accurate number because we don't know how many tests are being reported without home tests. But I would say the number is a lot higher than what you see on the graph, yeah. um, especially with how convenient and accessible COVID tests are at home. Yeah. You're not required to report a positive test if you test in your home. Right. And so the number, the true numbers, I, I assume, are much larger. But this graph still gives a great picture of how things look right now from September till even up until now in the direction we're going. Yep. I think it, it tells a lot. Yeah, um, it tells a story. Yep, for Please. sure. And then there's another point on here um, that... We've got plenty of free test kits and masks, right? Yes. So. Yep. And I, I can't even tell you how many extra, how many test kits that we want to give to the community. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, these are free for all community members, all residents, and for even businesses that maybe want them for their employees. Um, it's easy. You don't have to sign up. You don't have to give away any information. You just come to City Hall. They're available in the tunnel, or you can come up to the health department if you want to talk to even me directly. I'm in the office. Yep. And I'm more than happy to give you as many tests as you need. We want this to be as convenient for anyone as possible so we can stay safe. Do you have a phone number where they can reach you at? I do have a phone number, yep. Okay, what is that? That phone number is 978-857-1813, and that's my work cell. And you can call me whenever, especially during the work hours of 8 till 4.30 in the afternoon. Yeah. Now, I noticed, and I'm not going to bring it up because I think the... Uh, you know, on the chart, it says our risk level has gone from low to medium. And you can see the trend, as you so aptly pointed out, going upwards. So, uh, you know, in Essex County, which Methuen is a piece of, 
we've gone from a low level to medium mm -hmm. as we've gone into the winter season. Um, but I saw, um, interested that the city of Boston went back to requested masking in their public schools for the, for the period right after the winter break. I, I did read about that. Yeah, yeah. interesting to me because um, those first two weeks after everybody's been congregating with the families and now you come back together into the schools yep. is um, there's going to be a preponderance of cases if you don't do something to Mo cut it off. Right? Most certainly. And, and when you have to keep in mind, if you are exposed to COVID, you don't test positive the next day. Right. It could take from five days to even up to past 10 days. So yep. there is, I, I applaud Boston for doing that because yep. it is very important to try to prevent any sort of cases that will be coming in from the break for those first two weeks of January. Yeah. So before the bluebirds say, so we, what we, we're not saying, or we're not saying, is we're going to go to mandated masking, right? No. Um, but I still see, and so this is uh, the, the regular weekly mayor's tolerance point, if I could, for a minute. So uh, I get plenty of people who say, oh, I saw so-and-so, you know, driving in a car and he got a mask on. You know, it's time to live and let live, right? Uh, we, we need to learn to get along a little bit better in 2023. So, um, all right. And then you had, um, so people ask questions about, you know, can I get test kits? And you just answer that. You come to City Hall, either in the tunnel. Um, you can ask for them. We got plenty of them, and we keep getting more. So if you're a Methuen business or a Methuen resident, you can come to City Hall. You can get test kits, or you can call Patrick, like he said. What about vaccination? So let's put that chart up, the next chart, if we could. Maybe. Or oh, look at the man. There, there it is. Yeah. Yep. So um, where can you get vaccinated? There yep. are a number of locations. However, the city specifically does work with the Massachusetts Department of Public Health on this program where we have been running a vaccination site at Melita Farms on Milk Street in Methuen uh, since June, actually. And it has been happening as I said, since June, but unfortunately, due to the weather, it's an yeah. outdoor vaccination site. We've moved indoors to Sanborn Hall at 90 Hampshire Street at the Quinn Building. And with this, our vaccine clinics are every Saturday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. You don't have to sign up ahead of time. We do take walk-ins. Um, but if you do want to pre-register, it makes it that much quicker to get in there and get out. Um, the benefit of this, and I'm just going to skip down to the bottom bullet points, a lot of people are very happy to see this as well because it's a nice incentive to get vaccinated and protect yourself, is anyone who gets a COVID-19 vaccine will receive a $75 gift card while supplies last. Wow. Yeah, so it's, it's a nice bonus for, you know, trying to protect yourself and stay healthy. Yeah. Um, and that applies to any vaccine. It can be a booster. It can be your first and second dose if you've never received any doses. And at the clinic, we do offer Pfizer and Moderna for anyone that's six months and up. And recently, we actually started giving flu shots as well because some community members at the clinic were saying, well, you guys are offering COVID shots. Why, why not do flu? Yeah. And as soon as we heard that, we have weekly calls with the uh, Mass, Mass Department of Public Health with a few of their members. We have weekly calls that go over the results of our weekly vaccination clinics. Yeah. And we talk about ideas to improve and make it better. One of them was introducing the flu shots. Now. The COVID shots are free. Um, the flu shots, unfortunately, if you're older than 18, health insurance is required. However, if you are younger than 18, they are allowing flu shots without health insurance needed. And you don't need any idea at all to present when you go to get either vaccine. Right. I got to go there one of these. Saturday. I, I've, I've had four COVID shots and monoclonal antibodies. 
but I have not had my flu shot yet this year. It, so. it would, and as we mentioned earlier, although COVID cases are going up, yeah. flu cases most certainly are going yeah. up as well with it. Yep. Okay, so, um, <laughs> and I just want to make a point. So Sanborn Hall is the Methuen Police Department. That's where 90 Hampshire Street is. So you go by there any Saturday in January from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. If you get a COVID shot, a, a, an initial or a booster, you get a $75 gift card. Do you know what that gift card's to, not to put you on the spot? No, no, the no. gift card is to Market Basket. Market so Basket. Oh, that's a sweet ride, man. The, the irony of it is you were just talking about how the price of bread and the price yeah. of other groceries are going up. And so this is one way we can hopefully help residents with being able to afford their groceries that's as terrific. well. That's terrific. And do we have uh, bilingual services by any chance? Do you we, know? Yep, we do. Um, Cataldo Ambulances are the, ser- they're the, ser- uh, the ambulance provider the service that administer the shots, and they do have a bilingual um, person on, on call that's okay. there, okay. and they can help facilitate whatever is needed as well. I just noticed the mayor's jazzy socks on TV. Did you see those? I'm jealous. I, I right. have black socks. <laughs> well, you got normal socks. <laughs> um, okay, so I, I want to talk a little bit more about, you, you know, you talked about um, uh, your weekly calls with Mass DPH, and mm-hmm. I really like that. So talk a little bit about the role and what other things you do. If you could. Yeah, of course. So in addition to all things COVID related, um, we do a lot of things behind the scenes at City Hall and in the health department. For example, the fuel assistance program that we are rolling out right now. I had, I would say, a large part in helping with Kelly and Jasmine and our other colleagues to get it up and going. Um, You know, we created the application process. I've sat with residents myself, filled out applications with them. So not everything in epidemiology has to be data-driven. I can still help with other projects. Um, I have a background in community health and health promotion. So I'm very comfortable. Stop for a second. Yeah. You have a background in community health? I do. The pundit said you had no background. You had no experience. I can't believe that. (laughs) No, I hired somebody who's experienced. Unbelievable. I do have a public health degree specifically because that was the area of study was community health and health promotion. Yeah. Um, that but, was a joke, obviously. No, I got it. I just <laughs> wanted to explain it to make sure there's no confusion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but in addition to that, so there's fuel assistance. I've even, my first few weeks when I started back in October, yeah. I conducted a walkability assessment across the city of Methuen. Yeah. Um, so I am working on other projects that aren't just COVID related. Yeah. And I am looking at the health of Methuen from an equality standpoint and an equity standpoint, looking at what we call social determinants of health. How do social factors affect one's health or a community's health? Um, as you know, Methuen isn't all just single family homes. Nope. There's, there's different populations, there's yes. different demographics. And so we need to make sure that all of them are as healthy as they can be. And that yep. from the city's point, we can do a good enough job to make sure they have the tools they need Great to be point. successful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so have you, you know, um, how do you like the job, I guess, is what I'm trying to ask. How do you like the job so far? How's it working out for you? Honestly, I, I love the job. Yeah. Um, I'm, lear- I'm learning a lot. I'm making a lot of connections within the community. Yeah. Um, where I've already sat down with some individuals from the school department. I've yeah. met with daycares. I've met with other residents. This, the senior population I met with with the school assistants. Yeah. And that is one thing I've, I loved about community health is you get to actually speak with residents, to work with them. Yeah. I do like being able to work with others within the office and within yeah. the department. And that yeah. is another great thing. I've worked with Heidi on stuff, yeah. our um, health inspector for restaurants, and also Alicia is our code enforcer. I've worked with her as well, and honestly, I, I enjoy it a lot. Yeah, and I want to put that org chart back up. I know I'm mm-hmm. bouncing around for MCS, and I apologize. So if you go to the org chart, 
So a, a little bit of the left side and the right side of this org chart really have a close working relationship, right? And so that's an important point, uh, as you can see, that uh, we're out trying to hire another shared code enforcement officer because we definitely need two full-time code enforcement officers. That second code enforcement officer is also a grant-level position. Um, but, you know, I, I would tell you, uh, my eyes are open since we put in the new OpenGov system about the number of inspections. Uh, and I, I'm not even getting into the building today. That'll be a subject for a different day. Um, the number of, um, you know, health, restaurant, trash, Etc. Code enforcement or health inspection actions required that, that just come in on the open gov system. So, um, and, and and that's I want to talk about that for a minute if we can come off the chart. You know, part of what we've tried to do in the city of Methuen is move away from um, what's a homegrown. In, you know, I know what I've got to do in my mind, right? So we've tried to develop systems. And OpenGov is yet another system that we're still in the early days of, I'd say, uh, trying to move it forward to where we can kind of focus on uh, where our specific problems is. And, and I'll be quite frank, so that I can go back to city council and say, we've got enough staffing to do this job, or we don't have enough staffing to do this job. And that, along with C-ClickFix, is, is, has done a, a really eye-opening uh, job for me, um, you know, I, for the residents who don't watch the show regularly, first thing I do every single day is I look at C, click, fix, and I look at OpenGov to see what's in there and what requests are going. And I want to tell you that requests uh, on both of those are through the roof. Um, so that's a good thing. So we got a couple questions that came in. I'm going to pause here for a second. Uh, Patrick, Yep. Uh, let me go back to the beginning. I got some hellos. Hello, Elijah. Uh, Nancy Reardon said, flu had me in bed for five days with a 103-degree temp. It was 10 times worse than COVID. That's fact from her. Mm -hmm. Sue Riccio, Riccio, a great speech that she did to the city council last night about the money that we're trying to use to help our seniors in the community. That 400 grand that council so graciously helped me put aside um, for our seniors. And we're going to do more sessions on that. Uh, I met with Kelly yesterday. We've got a plan. Uh, we've got our first 13 applicants who we think are approved. We're going to have the auditor look at it to make sure that they're, they agree with us on the assessment. And then we're going to make sure we pay some utility bills for some of those seniors. And that's going to be richly deserved. But if you didn't get to the first one, uh, we're going to do multiples. Like I said, I'm going to keep repeating. Sue Riccio said, Kelly, Jasmine, Patrick, and Lori are amazing. A major asset to our community. I couldn't agree more. So kudos to you. Thank you. Anomalous says, Happy New Year, Mayor Neil Perry, and everyone there at City Hall. Thank you, Anomalous. i got to get Anomalous on the show one of these days. Teresa Wengerhenkel says, Greater Lawrence Community Action Council has a fuel assistance program for eligible applicants. Yeah, we're aware of that. Uh, it's called LIHEAP. And Teresa, just so you know, when we did our session at the Senior Center, we had Greater Lawrence Community Action Council there. We had National Grid there. We had the city there. And we had somebody else there I'm forgetting. The next one we're going to include Eversource. Uh, because I, I also said this at uh, City Council last night, bears repeating. So while your rates are going up 64%, and I'm not just picking on National Grid, I read an article in the Wall Street Journal day before yesterday that talked about the uh, energy companies across the country, 
made a profit in the third quarter, profit, not, not what they took in, profit of $13.8 billion. That's B, billion. $13.8 billion in Q3, and here we are uh, stretching our low income and our seniors to the breaking point by upping their rates. It's just outrageous. I, I don't know any other word. I would urge you, contact your state delegates who are new as of today, contact your state reps, contact your state senator, call the new governor, and tell them this is outrageous. We should not be standing for this. I've already written a letter. I hope you have too, and you should do that. All right, enough get off the bandbox, Mayor. Uh, uh, Christina Rodriguez Bartlow. Hi, Christina. Sorry if I missed this. Is there consideration of our town recommending mass back in schools? Would have been helpful as we return. So I don't think there was. So, uh, and I've got to be honest with you, Christina, we did not have the discussion. It may come up at City uh, School Committee Monday night, but it's really too late. Um, so, um, you know, should we have thought about Maybe, at least for the two weeks back. I've got to be honest with you, the, the reaction in Methuen would have been a little bit more volatile. I would, hi- I would highly say this. You know, I go back to my uh, live and let live speech there. Uh, if you're a parent and you're sending your school child to school and you want to mask them up for the first couple weeks back, you have every right to do so, right? And they should be able to do so without ridicule. And I keep saying that's a lesson for, that we need to teach our children that because you look different, you dress different, you, you know, we're still all in the same brotherhood or sisterhood, right? So we need to learn to get along a little bit better. Just because you look a little bit different or you wear a mask or something like that, uh, to me, all under one roof in the end, right? So we need to tolerate. Our word for 2023 is tolerate, tolerate each other better. So thank you for that question. You were right. Um, Teresa says, Eversource, a gas company, has budget billing to help with high heating bills. I participate in this program to spread the cost over a year rather than have very high monthly bills in winter. And she puts the link. So there, um, she's right, and National Grid does too. But I've seen instances where the monthly payable for National Grid is still unattainable for some of our seniors. So um, I've got to be honest with you. We've got to push back respectfully. So I want to be honest with you. You know, where I lose people is when pushback turns into violence or other things, right? Respectful pushback. And, and, and I say this. So we're going to, at the end of the show, we're going to talk about uh, the trash program, and I know you know there's some in the community that are not fans of the mayor's new trash program. I shouldn't even call it the mayor's new, our new trash program, uh, but it is working. I'll be honest with you. Um, and we're going to talk about the next steps in that. Uh, I I respect um, the dialogue, and it's okay for somebody to have a different opinion uh, than I do, or than our city councils do, or Patrick does. That's okay, as long as the dialogue is respectful. When you lose the respectful dialogue, you lose me. Uh, when you want to go into the cheap shots and the cursing and that, count me out. Um, and pe- I've had several people call me up who called to complain and did so very respectfully, and we had a great conversation. I had some people call me up and start cursing and swearing, and as soon as that happens, I say, I- I'm not dealing with you that way. Why would you deal with me that way? I'm going to caution you. Uh, that I'll cut this short if you're going to keep that tone. So respectful dialogue and tolerance. Sorry. That's our buzzword for 2023. Um, Teresa says, how many COVID-19 
19 booster shots are now available. I've had three Moderna booster shots plus two Moderna shots. How could you have five? Can you have five? I didn't, I didn't know you could have five. I believe one has to wait a couple months between shots, right? Eight, yes. Six months or something. <clears throat> there, there is a wait time between shots, um, yeah. depending on if it's your first and second dose or whether it's booster. Um, there are different guidelines for yeah. each shot. And also the Moderna versus Pfizer, they are different shots in general, so yeah. there is different requirements for each. Um, but, yeah, I, I guess yeah. I can just leave it at that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, do we need to boost the shot every six months? That's from Joyce Ratcliffe Mullen. Uh, you don't have to have one every six months, but you don't have to. That I believe is the the soonest you could get one. But right. it, no, the 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 efficacy and the potency, I guess you could say, for a vaccine does last longer than six months. Yeah. Um, she said she had five Moderna shots. So that, that's pretty well covered as far as that's, I could. Yeah. That's a lot yeah. of shots. Yeah. That's a lot that, of that shots. That is a lot yeah. of good coverage. Yeah. And Christina said, totally get it. Thank you. No, thank you, Christina. You're right. Uh, the mayor, you know, this is one of the things, uh, the school city side, I'm psyched that we're going to be on Munis come March, the first steps on Munis to, to get the city on one financial system. I cannot tell you what a big positive that is. Uh, Dan Shabili is watching and says, for me, the issue is neither DPH nor the city has been able to provide the fully executed epidemiologist contract. Nothing to do with the employee, everything to do with process. Patrick seems very knowledgeable and sounds like he's out there doing good work. Keep up the good work, Patrick. Uh, I do know that you had submitted a FOIA request, Dan, and I thought the city had responded to it, and I don't know if that's what that's alluding to. Um, so um, I can double-check on that when I get back to City Hall, but um, I don't know. Does he know how long the test kits last on the news? It says they last past the expiration date. They do. Yes. I know that, yeah. Yep, so every, every uh, company for te- test kits... Um, have their own extensions. This, yeah. this FDA does have a, um, a a web page on their website that says that. But the tests that the city give out are the Eye Health Labs tests. Yeah, yeah. Those have been extended six months past the, the posted expiration, expiration okay. date. So yeah. if you got a, if you got an Eye Health test kit at <clears> home, and the expiration date is November of 2022, they're still good. Correct. They will. You add six months yep. to that November. Yep. Okay. But again, to repeat something that we want people to remember is they could come down to city hall, see you, see somebody in the tunnel and get more test kits, yep. right? And on our test kits, we do put a sticker on them that has the QR code. When you scan that code with your camera, it takes you directly to the iHealth labs website. And yeah. if you want to check for yourself, you just type in the lot number on the back yeah. of the box and it'll tell you the updated expiration date as well. Okay. If you have any, you know, any worry about it, you can always double check through their website. Yep. So Dan responded saying, the city did respond to my FOIA. They provided a contract that wasn't signed by DPH. I did a FOIA with DPH, and they didn't have a contract for the role. I, I could take a look at that, Dan. So I don't see every FOIA, nor, nor do I need to see every FOIA, but um, I'm not sure why that would be. It should be signed by both parties. Uh, all I can tell you is we're, we're not paying for Patrick. We got him on a grant. I know it's through two years. Um, and uh, in my discussions with folks at the state level, there was discussions on extending that, and we would be interested in that based on the service that you're providing. You're welcome, sir. Um, so, um, you know, I, I got to get into the community forum in a couple minutes and the trash, because people love to talk about trash. People love to talk trash in general. <laughs> um, but um, summary, sh- summary, you know, comments on your role, um, you know, Again, repeat your phone number so the residents know how they can get in touch with you, that kind of thing. Yeah, of course. My phone number is 
857-1813. Yep. And I'll even throw my email out there in case you don't prefer telephone. Yep. My email is pmccarty, that's M-C-C-A-R-T-Y, at ci.methuen.ma.us. Yeah, and I want to take a pause here and say, so we had a call, uh, um, you know, I, I just talked to Pat Bauer, our DPH, uh, DPW director, I almost said DPH, that was a mistake. Um, and uh, I want to go back in. It's the right of every citizen to complain. So we make mistakes. Harvey makes mistakes. Things happen. Uh, we got a call, uh, uh, one of our clerks at DPW, I'm going to mention her name, Sue Cater, who is a fantastic employee, uh, much like you are, Patrick. Thank you. And uh, she got a call from a resident uh, asking about leave pickup, and then a call back from somebody else in the home and the person started swearing. And I won't, even, I won't even say on TV what the resident said to uh, Sue Cater. I want to apologize to Sue Cater publicly for that. No city employee should have to put up with that. You have every right to complain about any employee, the mayor, any city employee, and the job they perform, as long as you do so respectfully. You lose me when you cross the line and you start threatening people. And this individual... Uh, suppose he said, if I could come down there right now, I'd, and I'll let you fill in the blank. That is uncalled for, and the city will not tolerate that kind of behavior. Um, so if you're the person out there who made that call today, you can expect a visit from an official from the city to talk to you about your issue and your threatening tone. There's no reason to have to tolerate that. Listen, I get frustration. I get frustration over trash. You're talking to a guy who's fixated with trash. Um, but you need to be able to dialogue in respectful tones. All right, so we're going to move on. We've got a couple more things. I want to talk about the community forum that's coming up, and um, I want to talk about one of the more mystifying slides I've ever seen in my life. This is it. Uh, that's a picture of the old train station. Um, wow. <laughs> I'm not sure why they picked that, <laughs> but we, as part of our uh, master planning and strategic planning, there's a session scheduled for January 26th, from 6 to 8 p.m. in the Methuen High School cafeteria. We'd like as many residents to come. So this is just one of the one places that we're... That is not Methuen High School, though. That is the old train station. That's a great historical picture. Um, and maybe I shouldn't say I'm old enough to remember that. Um, but on Thursday, January 26th, from 6 to 8 p.m. at the Methuen High School cafeteria, one Ranger Road, Methuen. And I'm going to talk about... The next slide talks about it. Same thing in Spanish. Uh, Methuen 2035 Reunion Publica. And it's jueves el 26 de enero de 6 a 8 p.m. in la cafeteria de Methuen High School, One Ranger Road. Uh, hopefully my Spanish is not getting as rusty as it sounds. Um, we want as many people to come. This is part of our strategic planning for Methuen 2035. And we've had good input from a lot of residents so far, but it's important to get you involved all of you involved, to hear what some people are saying and get your feelings, whether you agree or disagree. So the next slide talks about what it is. So the city's creating a new 10-year master plan, and we want to hear your hopes, concerns, and vision. The forum will start with a presentation from some consultants that we're working with and continue with an open-house event where you can provide input on the things you'd like to see them over the next decade. So join us to share in your ideas for the future, refreshments, children's activities, and Spanish interpretation available at the event. For more information, contact the Economic and Community Development Department at 978-983-8560 
or you can visit the project website or scan the QR code above for more information. So we're going to have that uh, not only posted, and there it is in Spanish, we're going to have that posted in multiple places in multiple languages. We'd like to get as many people out on Thursday the 26th as possible. And I want to go back to the, the part that I... There, there are going to be activities for kids so that if you're, if you're a young parent and you want to participate in this and you have great feelings about, you know, what we should be doing in Methuen in the future going forward, um, it's an opportunity for you to come. Now, I want to pause here and take a breath and say, these are the, this is going to be in uh, the advertised in the Tribune. This is going to be elsewhere. Um, and, and dare I touch the third rail? This is how we kind of did the trash forms, right? So this is your opportunity to come out and tell us what you'd like to see. When the strategic plan is all finished and we've got input from residents who showed up, it's not the time to come out and say, well, wait, I, I, I didn't know about that. So we're trying to put it in every newspaper. We're trying to put it on the, we're going to put it on the city website. We're putting it here. You're going to see it blasted lots of different places. Uh, we want as many people to come out as possible, and we want to hear what you think. Uh, because there'll be discussions on open space, there'll be discussion on our parks, there's lots of discussions there. There'll be discussions on how much development is too much development. So we've got, you know, lots of individuals that are already partici- uh, participating in a strategic advisory committee, but this is a chance to get your inputs in there. So please, if you're a resident of Methuen and you care about the city and where it's going to be in 2035, come on out and help us figure out what that is. Uh, Thursday, January 26th, uh, 6 p.m., Methuen High School Cafeteria. There is refreshments. There will be activities for kids so that parents can participate. And there will be bilingual interpretation services. So come on down. Um, All right, so now we're going to go into a non-emotional topic. I'm going to revisit some charts. And and those of you that have seen these a million times, I'm going to apologize. Uh, So uh, before we start the slides, I want to just say, I think a couple weeks ago on the show, somebody said, Mayor, how do you think we're doing on the trash? And I said, I, I give the residents an A minus. An A minus. Because I think really there is an effort there. And I get the, fr- listen, nothing's more frustrating than your trash doesn't get picked up. I get that. We've had instances, and you know, the correct place to go is to see, click, fix. Um, if you forget everything else I'm about to say about trash, there's two things that the mayor wants you to remember out of this discussion on trash. I should say three. One, um, if you're buying artificial blue bags from Amazon, we know. Right? They won't get picked up shortly. So you're not fooling anyone. Two, um, people are throwing trash into recycle bins. We have kind of taken the high line here, and uh, we're trying to coach people through what is recycling, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute. And then three, uh, we're going to introduce a new four-pronged program um, that talks about um, more targeted recycling discussions, more targeted neighborhood recycling reception. And that involves both visits to the neighborhoods to discuss it, but also door hangings, um, and eventually stickers. I hate to say it. So at that phase of the campaign where we now have to start paying attention. And, and the reason, I want to explain that. So the city of Methuen will pay, if you, if you think you're pulling a fast one on the city or somebody else, by dumping your trash in your recycle, 
at some point here that's going to start catching up on all of us as taxpayers. That's called contamination. So when you throw your trash into your recycle bin, um, you, you may think you're you know, pulling one over on somebody, but you're not. Eventually it's going to cost all of us. So we need everybody to participate, and we already know specific neighborhoods that we're going to um, target for education programs, if you will. If you're interested, if you're a homeowner, and you're interested in getting some of your uh, folks together, uh, and I repeat this, that includes the HOAs. You want to talk to, uh, I know the mayor put out the three-month notice to the HOAs, the six HOAs in the city that we're getting recycling. I, I told Council Ziegel, and I repeat it here, I'm happy to talk to those folks. Uh, I can't reverse the decision that we made, uh, because if I do that, then I, I've got to give recycling services to all the other HOAs in the city. So happy to, to talk about anything. All right, let's go to the slides. There's a couple of messages I, I need to get through. All right? Okay, overflow bags. Uh, so are not for recycling. So we are seeing more and more overflow bags in the recycling bins. It defeats the whole purpose of the program. The overflow bags, which will fit two to three kitchen bags in each of them, are uh, for your tr- kitchen waste, right? So plastic bags of any kind cannot be recycled and cannot go into your recycling cart. If you put your overflow bags in your recycling cart, eventually your recycling will not get picked up. Now, people are going to say, well, you know, we didn't get any notice. I'm going to talk a little bit later on about what's going to happen here. But we are already seeing certain neighborhoods where the the blue bags are, are not being used for trash. They're being used for recycling. These are not for recycling. They're for trash that doesn't fit in your trash cart. Okay, next slide. All right, where can you get them? So we've got lots of locations across the city, and there's a new one, CVS Pharmacy on 233 Broadway. Uh, You can get five bags for $10 at any of these. Those five bags that you buy will fit the equivalent of 15 kitchen bags in it, right? So that's meant to cover multiple weeks. So um, all those places... City Hall, Nevin's Library. I was just at Nevin's Library. We had a meeting at Nevin's Library before I came here. The bags are there. Um, And if you can't get to one of these, you're homebound and you can't get to one of these, you call the mayor, uh, and we'll work out a payment plan so that I'll drop it off at your house. Happy to do that, and I've done that for some of the residents. Uh, I'm going to go to the next charts couple, because this is just, why did we do what we did? We were red. See us up in the top corner, the butterfly? Top corner, red, one of the worst. I'm going to tell you, uh, in the first instance, we've already seen a 20% decrease in trash thrown away. Uh, now, what remains to be seen is, is that because residents got ready for the program by throwing so much away before uh, the program started, or can we continue? Uh, all signs are positive. Our recycling is up and our trash is up. Those are both good, uh, excuse me, our recycling is up and our trash is down. Those are both good numbers. Next chart. Uh, again, I won't spit. This was one in the neighborhood that showed that before the program, we were one of the worst for trash tonnage collected. Right? We've already made a 20% dent in that so far. Next chart. How do we compare recycling? Uh, again, one of the worst. You've got to go top to bottom. Right? We had some neighborhoods in Methuen that were recycling at less than 17%. And let me explain what that means. So the best neighborhoods in Methuen recycle at 63%, meaning 37% of what you could have recycled, you threw in the trash, 
Um, we've got neighborhoods in Methuen, like I said, that recycle at 17%, meaning 83% of what they could put in recycling, they threw in their trash. And so that's going to require continued education, although we're off to a good start, like I said. Okay. Then I want to do this. The fifth thing I want you to remember uh, out of this program when we talk about trash is stop going to social media and asking people on um, Methuen Community Sound Off or Methuen Politics or whatever, and I'm not disparaging those sites. You're welcome to go out there and converse. Don't ask questions about the trash program. Go to the website. It's got your questions there. The frequently asked questions, almost all of them are out there. I've seen people asking about, you know, um, old barrels, this, that, and get answers from social media that were incorrect, right? And then people get upset, and I, I get this, right? Uh, conversely, um, I'm going to talk in a second here, next chart. So go to the city web. This is the city website, um, and there's a button right on the main page that says Recycling and Trash Services. See that big red arrow? That's where you go. Or if you have a complaint, you go to see Click Fix right above it. And those can be anonymous. And many of you know that the mayor does look at see Click Fix every day because you see the mayor takes some of the actions. So I want to focus on Recyclopedia. So when you hit that Recycling and Trash Services, you've got four buttons there. You get Recyclopedia. You can do see Click Fix from here. You can order additional carts. And yes, I know we're out. We're waiting an order that's coming in to distribute them. Uh, we've got requests for 250 more recycle carts. That's phenomenal. Um, and then we're going to have FAQs. We do have some 35-gallon ones left, if 35-gallon if one can help you. Uh, those are the smaller carts. Um, but I, I focus on Recyclopedia because we're struggling with the recycling even though we're doing better. So we, like I said, we've got some neighborhoods where we've identified people are throwing their trash in the recycling carts. So... You click on the Recyclopedia, and then if I follow the thing, it goes to the next page, and it tells you what you can recycle. You can ask in any language, any language, not just English and Spanish, any language. Um, can styrofoam blocks and containers be recycled? The answer is no. I already know that off the top of my head. Right? And you've got to stay tuned because we're going to have, uh, we're going to be scheduling right after the winter months a zero waste day. And zero waste day is when we bring in all these vendors who can pick up some of the stuff that you can't recycle, like TVs, like things like that. And I want to remind folks that mattresses cannot be put out at your curb. That's a state requirement now. That's got nothing to do with Methuen. How mattresses are disposed of has changed dramatically. Um, okay, then the next page shows you some frequently asked questions. Um, so I want to look at this. Do I have to put trash and recyclables in my new cut? You do. Um, we've had a grace period where, um, you know, we've picked up waste or recycle. I had a video from one of our DPW uh, followers, if you will, doing one specific neighborhood that showed me the recycle carts, and the entire street had bags in their recycles that were not recycled, including blue uh, overflow bags, Right. So keep going. Let's go. I don't want to go through the FAQs. He gave me three pages, but I just want to remind people that they're out. If your card is lost, stolen, or damaged, uh, you contact Harvey, and they get you another one. All right. So I want to talk about this. Is, so what, what's the next phases? I wouldn't have said coming soon. The next phases. So first of all, we're in the 
We're in the process of scheduling neighborhood meetings to increase awareness and education on recycling in both English and Spanish. Um, we're going to be scheduling with Linda Susi, one in the Northern Arlington neighborhood. I talked to her last night at City Council. Uh, we've got to address that. We're going to do the neighborhood meetings. That will be followed up by targeted door hangings, informational literature in multiple languages to be distributed in homes on best practices for recycling. Once those two are done, which is going to take us a month or so, there will be an individual that will be going around to residents that have contaminated recycle carts and leaving them messages, reminders saying, uh, the next time you do this, your recycle cart will be picked up. And then in the fourth phase, uh, Harvey will sticker your cart. And that's the most painful one, because when they sticker your cart, they don't take it. So we're really committed to kind of educating the population on uh, what's going forward here. And we're open to your ideas. If you're an individual and you want us to come to your neighborhood and talk to you about the program and how we can improve the program, happy to do so. Like I said, respectful tones, happy to be there anytime, day or night. Uh, if you have any questions, the last chart, please call Jordan Nomandia in my office, 978-983-8506. He's the trash czar, along with our DPW folks. He's the cart czar. So let me go back and check and see if we got any. We didn't get any more questions. I got no questions on trash. That's staggering. I did get a Feliz Año Nuevo from my good friend Ralph Perez. Prospero Año Nuevo to you too, Ralph. Uh, I miss you, my friend. So I, I want to wrap up the show by saying um, A- in our, our trash. And I, I think people are really trying. And I have, we have had instances where folks are reporting um, their neighbors and doing it on C-ClickFix. If you have an issue with trash, Javi missed, up, he missed a trash pickup or recycle pickup, C-ClickFix. It's right on the city website where I showed you. Um, if you've got an illegal dumping situation, see Click Fix. We now have 35 of the 47 cameras up. Um, I need a date from them when they're going to be finished. I've got to go to my man, Lewis. Um, so 35 of the first 47 are up. Um, warnings to the Danton Drive dumpers. We've got a camera near there. So we will be able to see you. Um, I'm awaiting one over by the Gill Avenue field so we can look at the dumpers there. I'm talking about two of the preeminent dump spots in the city, um, and we are going to get you. And when we get you uh, illegally dumping, we're going to find you heavy. I'll be honest with you. I got no tolerance for it. Um, so if we catch you dumping, uh, we're, we're going to get you. We're going to tag you. And I hate to be that way, but it's the only way to, to make some people, you know, understand the severity of the situation. But I do want to. Uh, kind of close here on a positive note. Uh, I want to say, you know, as I go across the city, it looks much better. Long way to go. Some areas, you know, trash is strewn. Um, but most areas of the city are looking better each and every day. And I want to commend the residents for working with us on this. And I know it's been frustrating. I know change is difficult. Um, it, it, the funny thing is, you know, I asked my son last night, and I, I, I have a household of five, um, and he feels that the new trash program is easier, right? This is him talking about instead of picking up and carrying my old barrels out, he, he wheels the barrel out. 
the cart out and the recycle cart. And those recycle carts are big. Um, and we are getting more. And I, I'm tremendously enthused at the demand. I'm not dissuaded by the demand for extra recycling carts. I'm enthused uh, because I, I think that means we're getting it. So, uh, you know, in the spring, we're going to talk about uh, once we do this four-step program, which is going to happen all winter, uh, in the spring, we're going to talk about composting and zero waste days as, as ways to help you get rid of some of those other things that are difficult to get rid of. Uh, and I think those will uh, tremendously help the situation. So I, I appreciate your patience. Again, if you're somebody who wants to have a session where we come out, um, great. In, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to have uh, Joe Cosgrove and talk about you know, uh, the energy situation. We're going to have the police chief, Scott McNamara, and talk about what's new with uh, the police department. Lots changing. Um, and hopefully we're going to have more employees like Patrick on. So I want to give you, we've got three minutes left. Do you want to give us, what, what do you want to give for your sign-off today? What do you want to say? Give Ooh, a shout-out to somebody. Put me on the spot. Yeah, I did. Um, sorry. No, I, I actually, I want to thank Kelly Townsend for giving me this opportunity. It was I found out yesterday I'd have the opportunity to be on the show, so I want to thank you as well. Yep. I really do appreciate it. And um, if any resident ever has any question, health-related, COVID-related, whatever it may be, I'm more than happy to help in any capacity. Uh, just give me a call. I, I already gave out my number, but I'll yeah. give it out again. It's nine. on the screen, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's right there. There you are. Yeah. So You're perfect. famous now. Yeah. Yep. 978-857-1813. Epidemiologist, man. That's a mouthful. It's All a, right. A mouthful. So uh, great having you on the show. I look forward to having more... Uh, City of Methuen employees on the show, but uh, hey, uh, let me tell if you've got something uh, of interest, I, I think we're going to have in the coming weeks the Adopt-A-Grandparent program on the show. I've talked to Sue Riccio about that. Um, and I, I want to give one light. So uh, I'm starting this year a program uh, to recognize some of our small businesses um, who do so much for our community. Um, you know, and, and by that I'm talking about you know, people like uh, our, our January Award recipient. It's called the Community Foundation Award. It's to those small businesses who, who um, struggled through the pandemic, but uh, they do so much for our community. They're the backbone. And our January recipient is uh, John Vargas from Bada Bing. He's been great to the city of Methuen, not just to the sports teams, to our public safety officials, to, you know, when we had the crisis with the homeless situation, uh, always there when we need him, always there. And, and, you know, he's worried less about when he gets paid than how he can help you. And, you know, that's right in the center of Methuen. So, A, go and uh, patronize Bada Bing because it's a great place. And I, I love the wings, uh, i got to admit it. But you're going to see other people like Don Smeriglio from Borelli's, um, you know, the Fitzgerald family and Manns, uh, Kenny Greenwood and the folks from Thwaites, people that really do great things for our community. This really is a wonderful community, backbone by so many of our small businesses. So we feel it's high time to rec uh, recognize them. Come join us at the next city council meeting. That is uh, two weeks from this past Monday, which will be the 2nd, so 16th, I believe. Oh, no, that's Martin Luther King. So the 17th, January 17th, Tuesday the 17th. Come join us. As John Vargas gets the initial Methuen Community Foundation Award uh, presented at City Council, and then subsequent months you'll see other businesses cited for that. And if you're a business and you want to talk about you know what your business does for Methuen, happy to have you on the show. 
Um, I've used up my time. I see the clock has run out here. Uh, Patrick, thank you for coming on. Thank you. Enjoyed having you. You're doing a great job. I appreciate it. Uh, to the resident of Methuen, remember what I said at the beginning of the show. Focus on the fact, not opinion, not emotion. Lots of people have opinions. Opinions don't become fact, right? Fact is fact. Uh, God bless you all. I wish you all a happy, healthy new year. I look forward to another good year in the city of Methuen. And I want to end by saying uh, thank you to the city council for agreeing on the resolution to pay off the $2.5 million uh, remaining from the school loan and the oversight. It does not get rid of all the elements of Chapter 278, as some people have posited. Um, but it does relieve the city of a significant financial burden associated with paying off that, um, that debt. And it's a good thing. In three years, we've come a long way. Uh, my pledge to you is to continue that path. We've got a lot more things that we can prove. Um, I'm psyched, like I said. We've got Munis, we've got OpenGov that we're just starting to get into. Uh, I think the services are going to continue to get better and better. So God bless you all. Stay healthy, and I'll see you back here next week.